Well, we like to talk about security uh, on this uh, this program, and I I encountered uh, a question in my head hmm. uh, that I wanted to ask you to. Now here, just ran into it. Yeah, just uh, just strolling around, <laughs> kind of bumped into just it, popped like, out of nowhere. Like you know, you wake you might wake up early. Everyone's still asleep, including the one year old baby, and you're trying to just like quietly walk out of the room and you just run into multiple toys and things that have been left on the floor. It's kind of like my idea, but no one woke up. Uh, <laughs> but, you know, we got, we, we live in a, in an older uh, house here or, you know, old style. Right. And our door. So the locks they have here, you got one regular key as, you know, contemporary modern key. And then we've got these two locks that are like, I don't know what they're called pin locks or something. It's mm-hmm. like, do I have my keys on me? They're like, no. They're basically, if you look, see this pencil. Yeah. They're like, they're like are lengthy. They're like narrow, like this pencil with four ridges that come up, and then the key, the key, whatever thing is cut into the four ridges. Weird. Have you ever encountered a lock like that? So there's there's a circular hole that you stick it in. Yeah. And turn it around. Is this like a, as on everybody's front door? Like where or like? This is, is this I, I've noticed lock, them on lo- no. I've noticed them on lots of doors around here. Okay. And and uh, I don't know. But the question is, so we have three locks on the door. Yeah. There's also one lock that no longer do- does anything. It's just a, you know, it's an old door. And uh, now, normally, you know, I lock all three of the locks at night, right? Now, already one of the locks is one of those things. It's like a hotel lock. If, you know, it's unless you explicitly do a thing, it always locks the door, which is, okay. you know, prob- can be a problem, especially if you're, People don't seem to like to take keys with them uh, outside of the house. There's there's a there's a there's an issue with people not doing things like that. Around same here. thing. Continue. Yeah, <laughs> I, I think it starts with the lack of pockets for some mm. people. But yes, whatever. True. And uh, so my question is: Normally, I lock all three of these locks, but one of the locks is low down, right? So you've got to bend down to, to lock and unlock it, which I don't really mind. But uh, I am thinking maybe I don't need to lock all three. I can just lock the regular one and the easy to access pin lock. And then you don't have to uh, bend down to lock the third one. So that's my question to you guys. Do you lock all the locks on your door? And if you had three locks, would you, uh, would you lock all of them? Or is this, uh, this so, so my uh, little bit of Australian security here, I have one lock. Um, and so, um, and you know, I do make sure like I look over, uh, that door was not locked last night. Um, most of the locks to the house <laughs> are, are locked each night. Um, we yeah. only have one, uh, but like there's a pile of, of shoes and stuff on the front porch. And yesterday my daughter said, aren't you worried about someone stealing my shoes? And, 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 and this was right after we had gone for a walk around the block and I'd left the front door. Um, not, not just unlocked, but we have like this lock where you turn it and, and the door stays open. You can just push the door and it's, the lock doesn't catch. Oh, nice. Yeah. Yeah. And so I, you know, I did that while we were out and I was like, first off, have you ever had anybody come up and check our door? (laughs) You know, they're like, I'm going to, I'm going to check these locks, check these doors to see if, if somebody can actually go in, you know, do you, do you have randos coming up and checking your doorknobs to see if it's locked? Well, you're asking me that. Sure. Where, well, we don't where, even have it. Now, now I'm going to throw <laughs> you a curveball here. We don't even have a knob. This is one of those doors that doesn't have a knob. Oh, just locks. Whoa. <laughs> we don't need, I, I don't, do we have, I'm not sure if we even have one of those knobs in the middle of the door for people who don't understand how levels Again, is work. this like, is that typical of the architecture yeah. of Amsterdam? Yeah. Like the, the, it's, no, it's just a lock and just... you stick your key in and turn? Yeah. Yeah. There's and no, you there's you just no push the door open. Is that wow. kind of the deal? But no, I, I do not think anyone has that was, been going that was around my the point. neighborhood. Like my, my point was <clears throat> one lock, two lock, three locks. It doesn't matter if, if, you know, having one is enough because unless you actually have people who yeah. come in and like, yeah. oh, I got through one. Can I get through the second one? You know, that's not going to happen. Um, See, and that's what I'm thinking is like, yeah, I'm with you. It's, it's not like a computer where if I've got two, two like, um, password, there's no layers two, of security here. If I have two logins, right, two FA, that use the same password, and you figure out one password, you can just instantly use it on the second, right? I mean, like, you still have to pick the second lock. Now, I don't know about lock picking, but it seems like 
the difference you know, though, it's complicated. The, yeah, the the difference though is is as anyone who's ever put a computer on the public facing internet, within about a minute, you have people grabbing your door and shaking it vigorously nonstop. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and so, they're so like, you know, ah, I'm gonna try. Here's my here's my portfolio of seventeen thousand locks. I'm going to try mm. each of them on your door, and you know that's what they're trying to do. So your suggestion, Matt Ray, lock one lock. My suggestion is go ahead, lock one. You know you'll you'll be fine. One is not now, better. I, I want to explore. You also have sort of inadvertently suggested that I uh, create a uh, minor obstacle course by encouraging my family to leave their shoes in front of them. <laughs> Is that well, well the, the key is if they step in dog poop, don't bring it in the house. Oh, oh. Different, different subject. Though. This is this is this is a very now, very good now, point. Now maybe maybe that dog poop shoe acts as a deterrent to potential thieves. Maybe <laughs> dog poop shoe. <laughs> um, I, I'm just saying. So the 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 illogical end to to this whole like you know having one lock, two lock, three locks is you get to the house that I currently live in, where uh-huh. when we when we got we signed the lease and uh, you know, we went to get our keys. It was not, Oh, here's your key. Here's your two keys. Here's your three keys. They gave us two bags, uh, two Ziploc bags full of keys. And they're like, you figure it out. <laughs> That's exactly what they said. <laughs> they said, we think this is the front door key. It wasn't right. I, I, I need to find you. So, so literally every door, every window, in our house has a different key, including interior doors. Wow. That's yes. amazing. That's bad. That seems very bad. Which which means which means inevitably we leave the keys in the doors that we use and the rest of uh-huh. them stay unlocked. Yeah. So yeah. that that, that is th- your security lesson for the day. If you make it that is, that if is, you make it too hard, people will ignore it. That's a great like <laughs> that should be like a uh, one of those 5 minute talks at some kind of conference just like it's a it's a parable of Welcome security. welcome to my my lightning talk. Um, um yeah. yeah. It's kind of, it's kind of the it's the equivalent of my favorite one of my favorite security pictures ever that old thing where there's a bunch of those RSA fobs like yeah. taped to a cardboard thing and a webcam is pointing towards it which I think yes. is uh, yes, yeah. I so so that. Brandon what is your advice for me? What should I be doing here? <laughs> Seeing how you live well, in a crime. I, I don't know. Just much simpler. Just uh, We just have all the doors have one deadbolt lock. So there's just one lock. We do have yeah. on the main door, we have uh, you know kind of the thing you can do inside. It was actually more for when my son was much younger, yeah, just to make sure he chain. couldn't open it. But it was kind of, it's a, it's a little different than chain, but same same function. Now, yeah. I've entered into an area I think neither one of you have uh, are interested in, but we have the, I have the, uh, the Nest Home doorbell. So I have the mm. camera. So, yes. and then I also have a outdoor cam. I use the wise, uh, wait, what is it? Wise, W Y Z E, um, wise cam outdoor. So I just have that outside kind of above the garage. So I have the surveillance going, I guess that's the other part because I actually find that it's less likely to lock ourselves out, but it's more important to just know, not even so much for security, just to see like, who's at the door. Like, is that a package? Is that someone just uh, coming up for some other reason? You know, just to kind of that I find very useful. And then finally, we do have the keypad, the keypad for the garage, which I don't oh, know if you guys so have that. nice. Yeah, so that's sort of the the failsafe of if you you know can't get in the house, we have the keypad. Which again, various right. people have different opinions about security of that. So so I would say we have good lock security, we have decent surveillance, but then maybe we have weak perimeter security. If you think the keypad <laughs> is vulnerable, so maybe that's the way to think of it. Oh my gosh, we we are at different ends of the spectrum. It's like my garage, uh, <clears throat> my my garage. Ha, it has wicker walls. What, Literally, what if somebody wants to, they can like... punch through the walls. Oh, okay. So you just walk right into it. Okay. The the the, the doors to the garage, uh, they they might lock, but they're not locked because who knows where the keys are, right? And oh. so the, the garage you don't have like is... the automatic garage door. Like the we have that. Thing? We have that. Okay. But yeah. The all right. Side, all right. Yeah, side yeah. and back are wicker. Oh, okay. No, no, the garage here is for the you know it's attached. It's it's a it's a normal part of the house. So yeah, I feel yeah, like it's relatively it safe. And it's yeah, locked. yeah. No, it has walls. It looks it's it's like you can't you can't and, walk and, through yeah, the wall. And, and it sounds like you know some sort of security system, uh, maybe some uh, you know some some automated turrets. Um. <laughs> <laughs> but I do. I think the the keypad has been a lifesaver. And then I really like oh, the yeah. cameras, like I said, just because it's super convenient, and I, especially as working from home. It's just great to like 
because you just see people coming in and out. And it's like, who is that? Is that your family? Is that nah, the, whatever? Got, it's yeah. just super convenient. I've I've got a couple of, I've got you know I've got a, a dryer, a, a electric lawnmower, and a blower just sitting in the garage. That's like you know forty dollars worth of crack right there. <laughs> <laughs> but no, we don't have that problem. So, yeah. Wow. So I think maybe I'm going to keep locking all three locks. <laughs> Can't be too safe. Yeah. Well, you know, I, I guess, I guess, uh, <laughs> I guess forty dollars will go farther in Amsterdam. Hey, everybody! It's me. This episode is brought to you by CBT Nuggets. Are you looking to build your IT skills? Do you want to learn more about IT security, cloud computing, or networking? Then it's time to visit CBT Nuggets. They offer 350 courses and over 2,000 virtual labs. They have courses available on everything, including AWS, Linux, VMware, and even Salesforce. And best of all, it's available online so you can learn what you want, when you want. I was perusing some uh, how to do all the various DevOps things on Azure. It's extremely extensive. It even shows you building pipelines and uh, it covers everything from the basics to uh, even more complicated things. So it's a good overall introduction, it looks like, no matter where you are, are knowledgeable of things. Maybe I'll catch up on how to actually use GitHub since I stopped programming way back in the mid-2000s. Anyhow, CBT Nuggets adds over 40 hours of new training each week, so there's always something new to learn. They also offer accountability coaching, allowing you to speak with a real person who can help you create a personalized learning plan, set goals, and check in to make sure you stay on track. It's pr- probably what I would need. Uh, I'd have to find the track first and get on it, but once I was there, getting some help to stay on track would be great. To get started, visit cbtnuggets.com sdt. That's C-B-T-N-U-G-G. E-T-S dot com slash SDT. There you can sign up for a free learning offer where you can sample portions of popular courses for free by signing up with your Google account. And as a bonus, you will be entered into a drawing to win a six-month premium subscription. Start learning today at cbtnuggets.com slash SDT. And of course, we thank them for sponsoring our show. Well, as usual, it looks like cloud is messing around with open source licensing again. You know, I think at this point, you know, the, 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 so I, look, tell me if I summarize this correctly. The, uh, the Grafana people, or is it Grafana? I don't know. Grafana people. Sure. They, uh, they move from an Apache license. I, I assume it's the 2.0, not the 1.0. I wonder if anyone uses old versions of licenses. That would be fun. Uh, but they moved to the AGPL license, the Afero GPL. Now, two things. One, uh, I, you know, every now and then I like to do some prep. I went to go look up, you know, read up on the Afero the AGPL. Mm-hmm. And apparently the person who worked with Stallman to start it signed the 9-11 Truth Manifesto. So that's fun. <laughs> uh, you know, you kind of look, you look up the group in the open source world. There's a bunch of characters in there, as, uh, as, as we would say. <laughs> but there are a bunch of not characters uh, in there as well. Probably yeah. more. Uh, so don't get me wrong there. But uh, yeah, so they're, they're, I guess they're, they're shifting to the AGPL specifically designed to uh prevent i mean it's it's always it's always i i should i should say what it says is that if you run it as a cloud thing or an asp way back when when the they were trying they were coming up with this or a uh there was another phrase we had before we would call it cloud and service provider no that's something whatever not a service provider but basically it says if you modify this code and run it all of the servers that run it need to provide a link for people to download it, for users to download the co- the modifications. That you yeah, you know, with, with effect- the modifications. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which, which, so one, that means you have to modify the code. You could just run it without modifying it, right? And not, uh, not trigger things. Which, you know, raises an interesting question. If, if uh, you know, if you're using, I don't know what the kids call sidecars anymore, but in theory, if you could like, wrap your proxies around networking and pipes and things like that. In theory, you wouldn't need to recompile things. I guess you could also just take the API and completely rewrite that, but whatever. I mean, all sorts of things you could do to subvert the intention of it. But yet again, it appears that public cloud is not that friendly to, you know, is not always very friendly to uh, open source startups, always causing problems to public cloud people because they (laughs) essentially have identified like, why, why would I pay for that when I could not, which I think is always a flaw of uh, a free pl- pricing. Now, I think what's novel here is that they didn't make up their own license. They were just like, let's do this. 
Like, let's do the, the AGPL and, and, uh, and, and go all the way. But, uh, you know, I, and, and then there were, there's, let's how which, which one of you, Matt Ray, <laughs> yes. what, what are the consequences for like the rest of, of the world, the downstream things? Cause I think oh, that's, yeah. uh, that's easy to ignore or not ignore. That's easy to kind of overlook. Yep. So, um, <clears throat> AGPL is, uh, probably the least popular open source licenses with businesses, <laughs> which I was when when Elastic and Mongo started mucking around with the SSPL, I was like, why don't they just use the AGPL? Nobody likes that one anyway, right? Um, because uh-huh. then then it's already OSI approved. You know, the the Grafana mm-hmm. FAQ is like, hey, we're we're uh, you know, this is an OSI approved open source license. Who can who can argue? Um, pretty much like businesses already hated the GPL, right? Because they're like, oh, if I accidentally infect some code, you know, I have to release that. And the AGPL is essentially like, if you accidentally infect a SaaS, you have to open source the SaaS. And yeah, and yeah, so. Yeah. The downstream effect, not, not the not the entire SaaS though, right? Only the part that you're. Well, that, this gets to the whole you. like GPL linking question. Right, right. And, so I, I guess in theory, if I was if I was a Comcast or a Telstra, or or whatever, and I used I used AGPL code to like create a dashboard uh, that my resellers used to access, you know, like they access this dashboard to like, you know, I'm reselling my internet through them. And that hooks up with like my system for running my business. In theory, I would have to provide a link to, uh, you know, as, as that, that telco to download the modifications I made. Yeah. So this, this, even even though I'm not a software company. uh, Again, this, this is something that like, you know, telco lawyers took one look at the AGPL and said, this thing is a minefield stay away and, and mm-hmm. so which is why like nobody touches agpl because and, and even though the faq was like oh it's been around for 14 years it's like i still get the feeling like people don't mess around to find out if if it's okay to use and so they don't now, use it now do you think you could like sue military people and spy people to like open source their stuff if they used it and they didn't provide a link or there must be some like some some uh you know ruling and legal systems that are like no that you well but i think you're actually getting to the heart of the real issue here it's so many of these issues have not been litigated yeah it's really back to like going back to what a lawyer is going to provide you they're going to give you yeah essentially what is your risk tolerance right like that's going to be there and most companies especially companies with any significant revenue are going to say this is just you know we're just taking on too much risk here right can't we don't want to have a lawsuit um, you know, it's not really the app. It's not kind of like this. We think about yeah. back to the Oracle Google thing. It's like, that's kind of the thing they want to point back to. It's like, listen, this is the kind of risk. Like maybe nothing will happen. Maybe it's fine. Maybe we're right. But there's also the possibility we'll be in court for 10 plus years. Arguing Nobody about wants this, to mess around. This. Yeah. Nobody so, wants to find so your out. legal team is, and I think AGPL, I mean, most places I've been at, right. They're just, that, that, that's on like the bad list. You're like, no, you just, you just move most on. Places you say the GPL is on the bad list. Agreed, right? That's why you're always looking for like when you're looking at your your list of uh, things, whatever the developers want to use or that's in the product, you just kind of go down and be like, okay, this license is okay. We never use product uh, things for this. And then if someone comes and asks, like you basically tell them no, unless they make some incredible case. They're like, yeah, we yeah. have to do it. And then you'd have to do all the things that you're talking about, Kote. It's like, all right, you have to really spend some time with the lawyers to be like, how do we isolate this in a way such that minimizes our exposure to any type of legal challenge. And then that re- usually requ- um, creates more engineering effort, right? So then you're back to like, do we even want to do this? Which Should we just build the dashboards ourselves? Yeah, right? which, which knowing, knowing that that bright red line exists in you know, almost every business that touches open source. Like, why, not, why did the SSPL even have to exist? You know, the HGPL was mm-hmm. toxic enough. And, <laughs> <laughs> and, 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 and so like, you know, I, what... The downstream effect is like people will, you know, not put this anywhere public facing, you know, that that's, that's the key is, is, you know, Kibana going forward, um, or not, not Kibana, uh, Grafana going forward will be like, you know, Hey, you, you you can deploy this internally, but if a customer ever sees this, we're screwed. And so it's just like, we're done. You know, you, you, you can't, that, that'll cut off, that'll cut off usage. Now, the other side of, the downstream effects of this license change is you've gone from a permissive Apache license, which essentially says you could take the code, change it, 
do whatever you want with it as long as you give, um, you know, as long as you say, you know, hey, I got this Apache license code from Grafana. That's that's the Apache license in a nutshell. Oh, and I'm not going to enforce any patents against it if I make contributions to it. You know, that's it's a really safe, friendly business license, which is why it's become so popular, right? Is it's it's like a BSD with a smile. And <laughs> but but the thing is, like now the Grafana license change and Grafana Tempo and uh, and Loki, they're all changing to this license that says like you know you can't embed this ever again. Yeah. And there are a lot think- of there are a lot of products out there that have Grafana. Well, that's the key thing. I think there's like the, the massive collateral damage here, right? Because like one, they have the messaging. I think they really try to take the high ground in their announcement of like, hey, see, this is an OSI license. And it was like, hmm, okay. And then you dive into it. And it's like, I think it's clear that their concern are cloud providers. The collateral damage here is anyone that has built some product that wanted a dashboard, like yeah. since the beginning of time, yeah. who's just like, hey, I'll just grab this. I'll do it. This is very popular. It serves the need. Now, suddenly, you have completely screwed that group of people over, right? I mean, you've taken the entire community of people that wanted to use this and essentially made their lives, you know, I mean, very difficult. They have to either take it out, stay on the old version. And I think this is going to lead to like what I'm going to call now. It's like the status quo fork, right? It's just like all everyone is now put in the position of like, well, maybe we should just fork it so that we can get back exactly what we have, which seems to be the end result of all these licensing conversations. Somebody's like, okay, I'll fork it and I'll do it just like you were doing before. See last week's discussion on uh, AWS open source search. So that seems like that's how this is going to end. And, and so, so let's see, strategically for, for a, uh, as I recall from the blog post, some if with with Grafana, some of the, uh, the plugins and integrations will remain Apache licensed. Right. Correct. So, so, yeah. Yeah. So effectively. So, okay. Then one more thing just to verify. Uh, if but, you, yeah. well, it's, it's, it's hard. Let, let's not go down what embedding means here, but basically it sounds like if you, if you move your open source thing to AGPL, what you're doing is you're saying, I want this to only be consumable as a product. And me- meaning that if you don't actually modify the code, you don't have to open source anything, right? It's that, only when you true. modify the code. Yeah. Like, so if you don't modify the code, it's fine, right? right? Like the, the lawyers would probably be cool. I mean, you know, it would be another way for them to be cool. They, they could also just be like, as you were saying, like, I don't know, why would you keep a gun in the house? Right. Like, do, <laughs> like <Right>. well, <laughs> well, they do. And at the very last line of the blog, in the FAQ, I think it is, there's like way down at the bottom. They have a question about like, what if... I need different terms. And it says, call us and you can basically buy a license. Right. right I mean, right, that's right. basically what they say. Yeah, so that. I think the lawyer here would say, your lawyer is going to say, go, let's call them up. I'm like, let's see if we can do a deal and minimize yeah, this. Yeah. So, which I mean, again, it's not necessarily like, that's not like, oh, that's an awful business, but it's just like kind of back to this thing around like you're when you, I mean, Matt, you said this a long time ago, right? You know, community can't be your competition, but this is almost like a different level. It's like, if you keep changing the license on top of the community that's using it, I mean, you're just creating enemies, right? Like, well, the like what, I mean, big. it's just frustrating for everybody. Yeah. The community got big on a permissive license. And now that it's big, they're changing the license. Yeah. yeah. I mean, which that's seems the like problem. the absolute worst thing to do, right? You should never do that is the bottom line, right? I mean, if anything, they should fork it away and say like, hey, like we're going to keep this community. But well, that's what they've done. Thing. That, that is what they've right. done. They, they forked. They forked it away because there's going to be, if there isn't already, an Apache licensed fork, and they'll call themselves, you know, Cabana, you know, Open Cabana, or I mean, Open Grafana, and you know, and then they'll call themselves, you know, Open Search for for the. I G. hope they open. They should do Open Cabana just to confuse everyone. It would just be massively confusing for the entire world. Yes, they they should call it Open Hudson Plus <laughs> Plus. So, so you could embed an AGPL thing like like uh, like Grafana is going to be, as long as you didn't modify the code, you could wrap stuff around it. Maybe you could change this, the style sheet. I don't know if that counts I don't as know, code, right? And then, I, don't and then know. I, I don't, yeah. I don't know the plugins and integrations well enough. But in theory, I, I guess, I guess all I'm driving towards is like, if you if you are the product strategy people, right? One, you know everything we just said you would you would be considering right like you would be like are we going to kill the community are we going to do this like like and so like like you every you know people know the consequences of what they're doing so i would imagine in in this case and other ones if you were to do this what you arrive at is like 
what what we would like is to be the only one who can sell a product version of this yeah using this code right yes now people could kind of sort of embed it if you know they could include it in 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 their stuff or or they could do that thing where like you know every time that you get some open source thing that deals with mp3s it's like I'm not saying you should click on this button to download the layman coder, but if you wanted this software to work, you should yes. click on this button well, to and, download and, the and, layman coder. And that's the thing. Like, like, at what point are you customizing Grafana? Is it when you make a custom dashboard with a bunch of pre-canned queries and, and, and views? Mm. It doesn't seem yes, like it, yeah. but, but no, you know, no. at, at what point are you, you infecting the Linux kernel. You know, the reason the Linux kernel is GPL v2 and not v3 is because they didn't want to like mess around with the definition of a module. You know, so the Linux yeah, kernel yeah. has stayed on an old version of the license because they didn't want to, you know, scare away closed source uh, kernel modules. You know, so well, it's like, you know, I, I, and, I and the we, GPL came after that. So, you know, they we got, we got the whole, it. we got the whole API thing figured out which is basically like you can copy an API if you implement it yourself. Yeah. I don't know if that's what the, I think. Yeah. I think the ruling was a lot more Baroque and technical and weird than that. As like, I've listened to a few things and I think the ruling was something like, this is not the, the idea you're looking for. It seemed very complicated, <laughs> but whatever. The, the effective thing is that now you can just copy APIs and implement them. It's cool, right? No problem. I think we need to have another 10 year court thing over this whole GPL business <laughs> and just be like, does this work? What's the deal? Like, cause it, it does seem, uh, uh, it, it, I mean, there hasn't really been any cases over GPL stuff, right? It's never well, been like there tested. Um, you know, a couple of the, you know, the various embedded people who were using Linux as the operating system for like the TiVo and things like that uh-huh. is, you know, they, they got threatened by the, the free software foundation. Um, and you know, Usually it's just, you know, a nasty email from the Free Software Foundation and then, you know, a bunch of GPL code gets thrown in a tarball on a website somewhere. And and that's yeah. that's the response. But if you if you log into, you know, your Android phone and dig through the system pages and eventually you'll get to, you know, hey, the GPL code is applied to these different packages. So, you know, th- there right, are right, people, right. you know, and so you can go and and find the sources for those things. Um even on, you know, oh no, even but on but, I, but I mean, the, you know, there hasn't been like the GPL hasn't gone to the Supreme Court. Or <laughs> no, it didn't have to that level. Yeah, yeah it, not it, that it, level. It didn't get appealed, right? So, yeah. so you know, the FSF yeah. like threw some some emails at, uh, you know, I'm, I'm I'm not gonna name names. Maybe Qualcomm might have been one of the ones, and TiVo and a couple other people who had been, you know, embedding GPL code in their products, and the response was not like, oh, I'll see you in court. It was, we're gonna comply. You know, here's the code. You know, and yeah, it's an yeah. obscure place, hard to find, and, you know, totally useless to building your own TiVo, but they did it. They complied with yeah. the letter of the yeah. law. And at this point, like, the only time, I mean, it would take the kind of, like, the Oracle Google situation. Like, you'd probably have to get to something where there's, like, billions of dollars at stake for someone to, like, write. Because for now, everyone's going to either comply or do some mitigation, right? They'll take it out in such a way that, you know, yeah. it goes away, I, I, which wasn't I mean, available I, to Google, right? I guess that's another thing. Like, you know, I I, I like, like, like this... I don't know if Brandon would do this, but I like you, Matt Ray, I'll go look at like the license page and apps just because I'm bored, see what's in there. And like, there's always lots of GPL stuff in there. And I mean, I figure, you know, if they can figure it out, technically other people can probably figure but it out. You, I wonder, there must I be mean, no did, GPL stuff on the iPhone. It seems like they would just not be it's, into that. It, no, there probably is, right? It's probably in some, you know, MP3 library or something. Yeah, and it's it's in there, and you're like, well, and, and the thing is, like, Apple makes dumps of of you know their um, of uh, some of their operating system stuff. You know, they just or the the browser um, is the uh, Safari, Safari is the WebKit. Right? It's GPL? based on WebKit. It's, yeah. well, it's based on WebKit, so it's the other way, right? Yeah. So uh, Apple makes these you know baroque, obscure tarball dumps that nobody can really you know diff off of um, to to comply with the mm. letter. Yeah. Yeah, you could you could obfuscate your code, right? It doesn't say anything about that. Oh yeah. Yeah. That would be that would be exciting if you just changed it all to like, you know, Unicode pages that no one ever looks at. Someone should write that. <laughs> and, and and you know, run it at a museum. 
that would be that would be a uh, you know little cyberpunk museum there. Well, we'll we'll continue to keep a, a vigilant eye on the uh, public cloud companies screwing up open source licensing startups. Their startups, you know, that's a that's that's a, a problem there. But I think it's going to be I think, fine. Yeah, yeah. I I think I think this. You, I, I've come to a new sort of like strategic thing there, which is like all they're trying to do is make it so that they're the only source of a product, mm-hmm. basically. It's not, yep. and, and and then and then the issue becomes, it really like the 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 stink is people who in the as they say community, who uh, have been relying on it being more open, and so it's the same thing, you know, being uh, Sherlock or whatever, where like you know you're operating in a community on good faith, and someone comes along and uh, you know screws up your shit. This episode is brought to you by Strong DM. Managing a gazillion SSH database passwords and Kubernetes certs? Meet StrongDM, the only way to simplify infrastructure access and audit controls across any environment, no matter how diverse. StrongDM extends any SSO to centrally manage access to databases, servers, Kubernetes clusters, so onboarding and offboarding can be done in a single click. Escalate privileges with just-in-time access and automatically log every query and command. Trusted by companies like Hearst, Peloton, and SoFi. StrongDM is the only way to manage access and audit controls at scale without disrupting workflows. Start your 14-day free trial at strongdm.com slash SDT. There's no credit card required. That's strongdm.com slash SDT. And of course, we thank StrongDM for sponsoring our show. All right. Well, I did not catch up on the thread fully, which is why I'm excited to uh, see what was going on. But it sounds like is it uh, Celebrite? It's some of your Australian friends. You probably know them, right? Matt, oh, right? yeah. We, just, we hang out. down the street. Get a yeah. coffee. Yeah. Did take some surf. Oh, wait. Hold on. How are the surfing lessons going? Are you back on track? Uh, no. I still have one more that I haven't taken. And I did not uh, buy my board and wetsuit yet. I, I fell off. But I'm going to get back on it. <clears throat> just uh, there, may be, there may be more sabbatical in my future that may involve some surfing. Is that what they call it in surf culture? Falling off the board? Is that like falling off the cushion and meditating? I, I fell <laughs> well, off you, the board. You do fall off. I, I'm sure there's all sorts of vernacular that I will need to learn from my fellow co-surfers. Co-surfers. <laughs> <laughs> this mortgage requires a co-surfer on the, right here. Uh, okay. Uh, anyhow, so uh, the... You know, there was there was some news reporting on how the uh, I forget uh, somewhere in California's terrible shooting stuff. And uh, the FBI said that they had retrieved some uh, not they, they had gotten into the, 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 the criminals iPhone. And uh, I think it was revealed that this company Celebrite helped them do that. And then there was this uh, there was there's this spat going on because the signal people famous for end to end encrypted uh, instant messaging or whatever. Yeah. Uh, I think they said that, uh, that celebrate, celebrate, whatever it is, could not hack them. And then all sorts of uh, uh, madness ensued. Now, Brandon, I know that you, you particularly enjoyed this, this thread. It didn't, it didn't taste anything remotely like cheap candy. <laughs> so like what, 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 what's going on here? What's the, what's the stink that we can all uh, inhale? Yeah. So this uh, signal posted a really good blog post. It's actually fun to read. It's written with a lot of uh, sarcasm. So if you like that kind of thing, just read it directly. But the net net is they got uh, their hands on uh, the, basically the kit, the celebrate, you know, software <laughs> of how it all conveniently followed. fell off the back of yes. a truck right outside. It conveniently their fell off a truck and they found it. So good for them. We'll just take them. And so oh, what they discovered sorry. was um a couple of things. So one, they kind of like, you know, figured out how the software works, which basically pulls a backup copy of either iPhone or Android devices. And then from that puts it in a nice little file browser. And uh, from there you can, uh, you can basically see everything because, you know, the encryption obviously ends when you're on the device. So that's where they started. So then our, our friends at Signal, what they figured out was like, funny enough, the people that write the software celebrate are uh, not that great at patching the software actually use because it uses a bunch of different libraries like FFM. Peg and other things, but they're they're out there. Fully they GPL compliant, a, I'm sure though. Fully GPL, that's right. So they Ooh. don't um, but they haven't applied many of the security patches. So what they learned was that if you uh put files on uh in your backup in your app, and then if someone clicks on the file, uh it can uh, it basically exploit in this case the uh the software trying to break into your uh, celebrate software. So it's kind of funny. They can basically go in uh and do tr- pretty much everything. They can mess up all the information that's been 
um, collected. And then in, in the video, they showed them playing like a basically like a, a video clip that that that, that uh, tells them like shows a pop up and then shuts it all down. Basically, erases everything. So, what's interesting about that is a couple of things. So, why that matters, I guess, to everyone is one is what they're really trying to do here is make it so that all of this information could really never be used in a court case. Because now that Dave is, if you will, shown that it's vulnerable to attack, they can basically say, we can go in and change stuff. So you're yep. never going to really know if it's uh, correct. Yeah. And then two, the other thing that was uh, smart right. that they did, I thought was really good is that, so, so people kind of got on, it's like, well, all they're going to do, all Celebrate's going to do is they're going to basically get a copy of a signal and they're going to figure out which file is, if you will, the, the malware in this case, and we're going, they're just going to basically, you know, remove it and they'll fix it. And so what signal has said is they're actually going to do is they're going to like, just kind of randomly put files in, you know, selected users um, installs that would do nothing, right. As they say, make the software quote, look pretty um, because, and so what that means is that it's going to be very hard for Celebrate to really know, like who has been infected, what the files are. So it kind of nullifies the legal use of this information going forward because you're always going to be able to walk into court and say, yeah. not sure this data is accurate. Um, and so it's that- pretty creative. I thought it was a pretty creative defense. So it's like uh, the classic uh, cliche, uh, the best defense is a good offense. So in this case, it seems like it's a pretty good offense, a pretty good solution to prevent someone, uh, if you will, unauthorized uh, look at your data. Yeah, it's the the classic uh, fruit of the poison tree, right? Lawyers, you know, uh, police can't use you know um, test you know testimony from a from a coerced subject or whatever. And it's like you know this is the same thing. Once once the uh, <clears throat> once they've established that this is no longer valid, you know, you can't trust anything taken from Celebrate ever again. I you know I, I think it's a baller move. By, by signal, I think uh, the only, th- I mean, the only re- recourse Celebrate can have and maintain a, a straight faith legally is to remove signal support, which they won't do. So, you know, I mean, you know, the, the you know, how do they call this bluff? It'll be interesting to see, but uh, you know, I, I, I guess I applaud Signal um, for for doing this. Um, I'm sure there are other vendors out there who have similar approaches. They can't be the only ones doing it. Um, you know, maybe maybe this helps celebrate the competition, but it's, you know, for how long? Right. Another thing they did say in there is they found another thing back to a little bit of our licensing discussion. I guess they're using some type of iTunes DLL or something. So along the lines, it looks like they're violating Apple's license, right? They've, they're using something <laughs> that doesn't look, which itself is kind of like, and of course, I'm sure, you know, the Apple people, they, they never comment on this kind of stuff, but I'm sure they're all reading this and they're like, oh, what, you know, I mean, it won't be well, long because, before whatever Apple, they're doing is yeah. shut down yeah. through this DLL, I'm sure. And, and Apple has refused to, you know, cooperate you know, or have, have built themselves an operating system where they can't cooperate, right? They're right. like, we, we are in a no knowledge system you know we we can't you know we don't have the encryption keys we specifically do not put backdoors in our software so you can't come and ask us and so that was the thing about the san bernardino shooter is they kept saying like how did they do this and then it finally came out oh it was the celebrate company and this is how they did it and you know apple's like well we patched the things that we knew about you know that they exploited um so apple has maintained you know we're you know, we don't want to put backdoors in our software because, you know, inevitably somebody besides the NSA will have them and, you know, somebody besides law enforcement will have them. And that's happened every single time, you know. Luckily, the clipper It'd be chip- interesting to know, does Apple, I mean, because this is the next level, like not only, I mean, there's one patching everything and like, you know, if you will, you know, building the, the best defense. Um, this is sort of like that next level, do Like, does Apple actually, would they go the next level if they're like, okay, we're actually going to look for, if you are doing something suspicious, right. We're actually going to, you know, in this case, like retaliate, right. Basically. Well, that would be retail is, is signal infringing on any sorts of terms of service or or, or licensing or, you know, I'm I'm sure sure Apple was already unhappy with celebrate. Right. Right. Because yeah, it, I don't know. I mean, it'd be hard though just to put files. I mean, I mean, including files in your app is about as vanilla as as it gets. So I don't know if there's much 
I mean, maybe I'm sure, but you know, that Apple terms of service, I can't say I've read it all. I mean, so I'm sure there could be something in there <laughs> somewhere. There must the, be a paragraph. The something. Lifestyle does just not the highlight service. Yeah. <laughs> so I thought it was good though. I was like, Hey, I'm, kudos to them. It would be interesting to see, but there's always another move, right? You know, even when, you know, look at Apple as much money and as smart as that, those people at that company are, is there's still exploits, right? They are still able to get the information even when everyone thought it was impossible. So I'm sure somebody today somewhere, has a way to do it, right? And it just shows you how difficult it is to secure anything. So there's always a way, it seems like, no matter what. Yeah, well, so, I mean, Apple wants to know what those vulnerabilities are so they can patch them. Because, right. you know, e- even though, you know, even though these Celebrate guys, you know, say that they are, you know, white hats or, you know, they're, you know, pro-security, it's like to Apple, that's just another backdoor way for bad right. guys to get in. And so, you know, you don't want there to be any exploits one way or another, um, even if they're from a, you know, quote unquote, trusted source, because it just, it, it undermines the trust in everything going right. forward. Well, but think of, speaking of the white hats, I don't know if you saw this other one I thought was great. I don't know if you saw that the university of Minnesota, yes. some students there, I guess, PhD students doing research, intentionally <laughs> submitting, uh, uh, pull requests uh, to the Linux kernel that have like some levels of vulnerability. And let's just say not well received. That was not well. I thought that was just fantastic though. The entire, that's another, there's it's a lot of uh, assigned reading this week in the episodes, read the signal blog. And then I guess it's a, I guess it's in the, whatever the Linux uh, thread or a discussion group, make sure to go read that because okay. that is quite the response to uh <laughs> to what they were doing now, now now did they did they cover what this research they were doing was like like are, are they are they because i my you know it seems like that this is the kind of research that amounts to we were researching if we could do it like like they actually or, or is there some request. sort of uh no they they no, actually but but i you know i, I in, in my as you would expect in a very shallow way i kind of read over this and it said like you know they were working on a paper and they were doing this research yeah. and, I, and I'm thinking like, I mean, is the research just to be like, haha, we did this or, or is there some sort of like, you know, is well, there like you know, some Greek, some Greek symbols they, they, involved they, with some formulas? They, they, they wrap the haha, we did this with, you know, all sorts of fancy words to say essentially like, you know, those, those Linux people aren't checking the, you know, the security of the pull request that yeah, we're putting yeah. in. And, you know, how can you, you know, look what we found and, 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 you know, this mainstream software and it's like yeah i mean there's some there's some validity there but you know usually when you know especially in universities when you go to do like research that involves human subjects you go before a a review board that you know Mm. qualifies if this will cause harm and yeah purposely introducing vulnerabilities into software that's run on you know 60 billion devices maybe that causes harm yeah, I would think so. Well, also too, it's like, I mean, what were they going to do? I mean, I don't know. There just seems to be like no really defending it. And of course, even uh, the University of Minnesota, they're the chair and I don't know, the various people involved that they, they issued a statement like we're looking into this. We don't condone this. So, so I don't know. So some graduate students and maybe some uh, some advising professors, like maybe they'll be looking for jobs or they're not getting they're not getting the uh, exceeds expectations on this week, this month's uh, or this year's annual review. There I is mean, definitely going to be an annual review. This so, is, uh, yeah. This this is the software equivalent of like setting fires uh, with dis- different arson devices to see how f- if firefighters figure out what you did. Right, right. right. <laughs> or, or, or like, I mean, if or you like just follow through, if, like if they had had a plan, maybe I mean, if you went to someone at the kernel and said, "Hey, we want to test this. We want to," you know, I mean, there are ways. You know, if you want to do something like this, but you have to do it with consent, you have to set things up, you have to let people know what was the plan to take stuff out if it had gotten in, right? Like, so just the idea that like, hey, we're just, you know, a group of smart researchers and we're doing this, it's like, to your point, Matt, uh, it's like, it basically affects the entire world if you you start doing anything, (laughs) right? And and even if you got permission from like, you know, Linus to Torvald to do this, like, what about all- Which you would never get, by the way, you would never get that. Which you'd never get, but this brings us back to- Linux is actually one of the few organizations using Git in a distributed fashion. You know, so so right. it's like, you know, there are there are like hundreds, if not thousands, of different Linux kernels out there. You know, and they're not yeah. all just on one GitHub, 
right? They actually <laughs> distribute this stuff. So, so like this, this, these patches are going to be in like, you know, they're going to infect, you know, 50 different, you know, source trees uh, because somebody took the patch and they gave it to somebody else. And it's like, you know, oh, you know, now you've got, you know, this, this, <laughs> now you've got this new COVID-19 strain over there <laughs> that you have to make sure doesn't get into, you know, the mainstream kernel. Ah, <sighs> jeez. Bad. Bad all around, University of Minnesota. <laughs> Don't do that, Gophers. What were you thinking? Come on, Wisconsin. Uh, Gophers. <laughs> you know, I got to look into this signal Minnesota. company. Because <laughs> this signal uh, organization has a weird background. And and it's like a not even a for-profit company. They're just like... Yeah, they were started by the... Uh, well, they were spun out and basically funded by the, the guys that started WhatsApp or one of the founders, so... Right, right. Mm-hmm. And, and then something they have was bought by Twitter and then Twitter open sourced it. And then they took that, I think, and made this other thing. Yeah, yeah. And like, hmm. I mean, it just makes you wonder, like, like that's a lot of conviction to, to like just work. on. Well, when you made several billion dollars from Facebook, you know, throwing yeah, down yeah. 50 million to run, you know, to, to clear your deal. conscience is not exactly, you know, <laughs> let's not exactly well, hand that, out so, trophies so for that. Is that, <laughs> is that the, uh, is that the understanding of just like, Oh yeah. Now, now we'll yeah. shift to doing the, uh, the like, yeah, oh, they I, he came I, out and said, he was the one that said, delete Facebook from your app, your, whatever your yeah, phone. Yeah. And then he funded, I mean, I assume it's mostly still the same funding, right? It's like, yeah. put down 50 million and it's a pretty small team. I think it's like 10 people. So yeah. they could run, they have a, a low burn rate, let's say compared against that kind of money. It could be, they could go for a long time is my guess. Yeah. Huh. I wonder, you know, it seems like in, in, in our, in our, uh, uh, our open source world, there's probably a lot of problems that could be fixed with if some billionaires had some small teams, but then of course, <laughs> um, then of course you you'd be relying on uh, Linux. Right? Yeah. Yeah. You know, they've got their <laughs> billionaire go. sugar daddy. And, you know, yeah, <laughs> I'm just going to leave it we, at that. We, we know of two projects so far. I guess, I guess that address book one where they were all on a big yacht trying to program it, that one didn't work oh, out Chandler. so well. Yeah, that, that didn't pan out. But I, So, I, you know, yeah. this sounds like there might be an O'Reilly book in this where it's like, are you a billionaire <laughs> who would like to run a software project? Here are some patterns and any pattern. Oh, uh, and, and, and you could get it sponsored studies. by SoftBank as a free download. Yes. <laughs> yes. You could call it the uh, nonprofit unicorns. I, I think Ooh. that's that's what, what, what you're <laughs> so, Do you have a guilty conscience? Find an open source project. Or maybe in this case, it's like, what is it when you have a winged unicorn? I mean, that's not a Pegasus because a Pegasus Pegacorn? doesn't have a Pegacorn. <laughs> Corn pegs. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Huh. What 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 an odd huh. People doing things for, for good reasons. Very exciting. Well, uh, you know, just as some quick follow-up. Now, uh, it looks like Microsoft is not gonna buy Discord. Oh. Quite a disappointment. That would have been fun to see uh pan out there. And I wanna have I wanna have some follow-up on uh on uh the, the work laptop. I did indeed. This was perhaps one of the easiest large item uh, exchanges, transactions with the company I've worked with. If, as you recall, I just sent in a help desk ticket, a very friendly person. I forget their name. Uh, they just replied back. And I am now operating on uh, a new laptop. Now, I don't know what it is. So I opened up the About My Mac and it is a uh, MacBook Pro 16 inch 2019. And it has eight core. It's a uh, Intel, Intel Core i9. Intel. Yeah. 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 And I got 32 gigabytes of memory. Wow. Nice. And uh, an AMD Radeon Pro 5300M4 gigabyte. Right. Now, I'm not so going to give you the serial is you number. Got, you got the, the bigger Mac, but you, you weren't able to swing the M1 because it's, like no, no, no. it's not even in the 16 inch yet. I, so. didn't, I didn't even ask about that. All right. But, but, but oh, that's, wanted the that's a window. It's a victory. Yeah. yeah. It has eight, eight cores in it, which is, I think that's, you know, more than anyone should ever need. <laughs> probably maybe seven is the maximum (laughs) sounds sounds about right yeah you just you give a core to your kids to play with but uh yeah it's a nice computer it's uh, the keyboard is much different it's uh feels different all right okay well we should we'll leave a little uh you know um something for next week for you like i think people will be looking forward to your uh defaults lifestyle will that include an upgrade to the new ipad the new m1 ipad so uh, so next week you can yeah. give us your your take oh you'll do your we'll do a breaking news next week new ipads come out cote reviews it so well, you know i, mean, I think stay the, tuned everyone okay 
the ultimate default lifestyle would be buying one of those the one of those iMacs that's just like an old school desktop that you put on there that is super thin. All right, that would be everyone. Uh, tune in next week to see where Kote comes down on the new Mac products. We'll see what he's you, getting. You know who you know who swore on iMacs is uh, Charles of really? retired fame. He he probably still uses one, and when he traveled. He he's one of these people who kept no. the original packaging. I know where this is going. He would no. he would pack his iMac no. <laughs> into awful. a box. I mean, long. it was long long term multi week trips. Okay, but he would pack his iMac into the box, the original box, and wow. travel with that. That's and he was just he might still be. He was just a diehard for the wow. iMac. He's like it's all fit together, you know, like why you know. So that is, I think that's the ultimate default lifestyle is a desktop, Man. having a desktop <laughs> computer not even a laptop oh wow so i mean i you know, the the various apple announcements this week did any of them are any of them entering your your defaults lifestyle or are you going to get the the tiles or the well i was thinking riding my bike on the way home that what i should do is uh i should get some of those tiles and like make a necklace out of them to give to my kids so i know where they are mm-hmm. but then mm-hmm. i thought that just doesn't you know when when you think about it in your mind, and now that I'm saying it out loud, that doesn't sound right. <laughs> I, <laughs> it's like the next. Uh... Now, the other problem is that this assumes that my kids will be wearing them, right? Which I think, you know, back to the previous discussion of keys and, and people not taking keys with them. Like, I mean, in two less than two hours, if not less than two minutes, my kids will they'll just be under a couch somewhere. Well, so my my thought here, I think the win is who's the first person to come out with some some type of uh, shoelace tie in Mm -hmm. where you essentially Mm -hmm. have uh, them tied these little uh, air air tags to the shoelaces. So that gives you two things like one, that way the children can find their shoes. And two, you have a chance (laughs) (laughs) you have a chance of locating the small children when they're off running around in the playground. And Man, it's like, and I think you can make yourself decent movie, right? He's I'm just saying that like, you can feel better. You can feel good about yourself. It's like, listen, I'm not tracking them. I'm tracking their shoes. And if they could keep track of their <laughs> shoes, we wouldn't have to do that. But we all know <laughs> children do not keep track oh, of their shoes. Gosh. That's how this ends. That's the end of the second, this, the, the, the second part <laughs> of the movie though, is like, you know, before we get to the finale, you get to the end of the second and they're the shoes without the child. Yeah, well, that's yeah, that is true. That'll be the uh, but, but now, the yeah. is we're gonna see Liam Neeson in a Cote beard. So yeah, <laughs> oh, I like that. Now that I like, I, I have I've heard that Nike has these uh, self lacing shoes or something. I don't know if they lace, but what I I boy, that's a that's a great idea there, uh, uh, Brandon. But I, if you put these trackers on the self lacing shoes, my children would never have an excuse for not oh. having their shoes on. You would be uh, like, uh, yes. they'd be like, I don't know where my shoes are, and you're like. Yes, you do. You can locate them. <laughs> yeah, and, and then and then they would be like, "I can't tie my shoes," and be, and you could Self-lacing. say, "You don't have to. Mm-hmm. All you have to do is put your foot in there." Now, inevitably, you know, my daughter has gotten good at this. What she'll say is, "I can't get my foot into the shoe." Mm. Just, just <laughs> that's, like that's another. One. I, I don't yeah. know what to do about that, right? Like that's uh, you know, unless unless somehow we invent some shoes that's like a warm liquefied bath that you dip your feet into and they form around <laughs> your feet. Uh, you can always be defeated by, I can't get my foot in there. That's, uh, that's going to be no good. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, you know, faster stuff is always better, but it's just faster stuff. I guess the colors are kind of cool. We'll see. Well, do we have any, uh, bureaucracy this week, Brandon? We do from the community this week, we got a couple of things. Uh, cloud bees is hiring a solution architect over in APAC. Looks like they were looking for someone in Australia. So Matt Ray, get on that. You must know somebody over there. I know. Um, I know Nate wants you to attend uh, the AWS Strategic Accounts Solution Architect Recruiting Event. Which I don't know. So he basically, he put it in there. If you want to work at AWS, looks like if you talk to Nate or look, they'll tell you how to interview. Um, also, Jordy wants you to work at a We We've Works. That's the original GitOps company. They're hiring from what I can tell everywhere around the world: Austin, New York, London. I think there were some people in Australia. So lots of jobs there. Also, a reminder, Matt Ray has suggested we're going to do it. Everyone, if you want to follow along in our first ever book club episode, I don't know, maybe we've reviewed a book somewhere. We're, we're going to talk about read... the Halo effect more than once. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's and just like a part store. of the show. That's like, yeah, everything. So, but this is, uh, this one's uh, working backwards insights, stories, and secrets from inside Amazon. We're all reading it. We're going to make that a topic. 
uh, maybe a whole episode, depending on how much we had to say about it. So if you want to follow along, you should read the book, you know, and I'm uh, listening to an audible Matt Ray's re- reading on a Kindle and we'll see, you know, Cote will probably use an iPad. We'll see what happens there. Hmm, and then right. finally, most importantly, just want to thank everyone for joining the Slack. Uh, for those that haven't been following here, uh, we now have a thread in Slack that exceeds 4,000 messages. So congratulations to everyone who posted in the thread. Some people have asked like, what happens when it gets bigger? Well, by some just magic, we got upgraded to uh, a Slack paid uh, plan, I think for like 90 days. So right now we're safe. Everything is good. Once that ends, and I will also be clear, we will never be buying anything from Slack as we have no money for that. <laughs> wait, it's not that we don't like Slack is we have no money. Like we could never afford a subscription for what we're using. So I'm just yes. completely coming clean on that. So when we our professional plan expires, I don't know what's going to happen. I don't know if the thread will get the, the history or if the channels will get the history, but, but get in there now, get in there, you know, get some messages in the thread before it's gone, before the Slack uh, plan runs out. I don't know what will happen, but yeah. it, again, the thread is a place you can find an answer to any question. Most of the questions you never want asked, but <laughs> go check it out. Ah. Well, uh, you know, also, as mentioned last time, we still have a job open on my team. If you want to be a Kubernetes or DevOps advocate type person, it's fun. I think we even have an official listing somewhere that I should probably put a link to. But, uh, you know, just send me a message or something if you can't find the link and I'll send it to you. Also, there's lots of conferences going on. First of all, there's a RabbitMQ conference occurring. If you go to rabbitmqsummit.com, I don't have the date handy, but you can check that out. You know, if you like messaging, do people still call it messaging? Sure. We don't know. We're going to check into that for you. But if, if you like uh, little little messaging buses and everything, it's uh, it's in July. It's virtual. You should go check that out. It's at uh, rabbitmqsummit.com. And I'll put a link in here. Now, there's a few other conferences. The, uh, the official call for papers for spring one closes tomorrow on April 23rd. But listen, since you know me, if you can't submit your talk by then, you could just ask me about it. And I might know some doors you can go through to uh, submit a talk if it's, you know, interesting. Uh, So you should uh, check that up. And the next week on uh, the 27th and 28th, there's two uh, Europe-based events for my work over here in VMware Tanzu land. We've got a a pretty fun packed, well, I think it's fun, all sorts of stuff uh, from the the Europe team over here for operations and developer people. And then we have one of our spring one tours on uh, the 28th. And if you go to softwaredefinedtalk.com slash, what episode is this? 295. You can find the links to those. Also, Cloud Native Europe 2021 is uh, coming up. So if you go there, you can uh, check out when that's happening. All sorts of exciting stuff. And and the uh, SLO Conf is uh, next month, uh, May 17th SLO to 20th. Conf. Yeah, service level check objectives. Out. Yeah, it's, uh, it's free and it's going to be online. And, uh, you know, it's put on by uh, the Noble Nine folks and, you know, a lot of short talks about maximizing your slos i guess slow conf attend well with that matt ray (laughs) what is your recommendation this week all right so um speaking of reading things on your kindle uh i got myself a a new e-reader and um you know i specifically not a kindle so one of my gripes about reading things on uh the kindle which you know for those of you in the uh uh, watching the live stream, I'm holding up. I got my my <laughs> battery dead Kindle. I, I do use it. I do read on it. Uh, the bat, it's old, you know, but it's also small. It's this is only like a six inch screen, and so one of the problems I had with uh, that is it's a beast to read PDFs on, and mm. you know even uh, I, I'm I'm wearing my glasses, but if I'm reading, I'm usually not wearing my glasses, so I kind of have a bigger font because my I'm getting old and my eyes are busted. Um, so I got myself a new. Uh, a new e-reader that's massive. Um, this is a, uh, uh, I can't remember the brand. Uh, anyway, it's called a Lightbook P10. And it's Chinese, but it uh, it essentially runs Android OS. So for comparison, you know, um, it runs Android and you can download the Kindle app and read all your Kindle books on it. And it's just, it's an e-ink 10-inch tablet. And so that's my pick this week is uh, it's cheaper than an Oasis, I think, or, you know, similar in price to an Oasis, which is only a seven inch screen. And um, you can read PDFs, you can read your Kindle books, you can read your Nook books, you can put in, you know, Overcast and Libby and 
audible. Uh, so it's kind of it's kind of nice. Um, <laughs> you know, because it's the Android store, you can actually put any Android app on it. So you could put games, but it's an EX screen, so it you know it's like one frame per second. It's kind of slow, um, mm. but it's it's uh, it's light. It's um, you know relatively light for ten inches, and uh, I'm enjoying it so far. Good recommendation. How about yourself, Brandon? All right, a couple things real quick. Uh, one, I forgot to mention earlier. I just want to let everyone know if you would like uh, some stickers, just uh, send your postal address to stickers at softwaredefinedtalk.com. Happy to send you a sticker anywhere in the world. Also, I'll just get a, a quick plug here. Uh, we do stream every week, so you can follow us on Twitch. Of course, we have the Twitter where you can see the latest episodes. We've even been using the Instagram, been posting a bunch of photos out there, some different show artwork. So we have all all of the the socials, even LinkedIn. So if you're interested in any of those, follow Especially us, LinkedIn. like us, do, do, do everything, do anything you can on those. And then my recommendations, uh, you know, because it's Apple week, I thought I, I would go um, very simple here as I, I bought this, uh, I think it's about a $15 iPad, iPad stand. And it just kind of sits here next to my computer that props up my iPad. And it's like, surprisingly useful i know that seems like super simple but just having the ipad right here throughout the day it's sort of like a second screen you can kind of see notifications if you have uh, 2fa you can you do it it's your uh, second device where you can just like say yep yes it is me uh so i, I find it very simple incredibly valuable it's 15 dollars. Mm-hmm. so if you have an ipad and you're like me you never used your ipad just put it on a stand next to your computer yeah. and it magically it becomes a lot more useful so check and, it out yeah and, and when that ipad use it and and when that iPad can't take updates anymore, you tear it you tear it apart and build a monitor out of it. That's right. Yeah. That's true. I keep that using the stand. Here here's what you need to do uh, next time, Matt Ray. You know we had a discussion about locks. You need to convert an iPad into a keypad for Ooh. for for a lock. Oh, I'm sure you can. Like but that is like well, way over. No, I'm not saying I know I know you can, Matt Ray. <laughs> you just you just have to do it. Like that, that should be the, uh, the challenge there. Gotcha. Figure that out. Maybe even put it on your surfboard. See if that, that works out well. Okay. So wait, wait, you actually use the iPad on a stand? Yeah. It stands it's just right. It's right next huh. to me and it sits here because huh. then it's like, it's just, a. I mean, I'm, I'm like I said, I was surprised too. It's very useful to just okay. have it, but I don't, okay. I don't do a lot of, um, it's more like, I just want to check something, right. You just sort of like, Oh, I and yeah, I, I want to have the apps like right here, ready to go. And, and uh, especially too, if you want to listen to music, you can run your music off that. You yeah. can do a bunch of yeah. stuff with it. It's just, I find that before I, this, I basically had the iPad just sat in the corner, never did anything with yeah. it. I never, yeah. I never could uh, embrace the iPad lifestyle. So uh, this has been a very useful to me. All right. Yeah. All right. Well, my recommendation, and I'm a little, little nervous because I haven't finished reading this short essay. But there's an essay that like has been around forever called uh, On Bullshit. I forget the guy's last name. Let's see, is it Frankfurt or something? It's yeah, Harry like, G. Oh, yeah. Frankfurt. Yeah, there you go. And, uh, you know, I, I'm, I'm almost uh, done reading it. And it's basically just ex- exploring what this idea of bullshit is. And he starts off talking about like what humbug is and what lying is. And, uh, you know, it's a delightful little, it's, it's one, it's fun to... Uh, see someone think through something as nuanced as figuring out what bullshit is, uh, not literally what it is. It says it right there in the word. Uh, but also it's, it's just, uh, it's fun reading. Like it's kind of relaxing reading to go through those mental gymnastics. And I think there's one section I came across today, which was great, which is, uh, uh, it's sort of like, you know, there's this, 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 uh, discussion going on nowadays that one of the problems with social media is you lose the context of stuff. So people just go all crazy and get upset about things. And there's a little bit of that discussion in there where like whenever uh, you're having, as he calls it, I forget when this was written, but this kind of will date it. You're having a bull session. Like everyone in there knows that you're just bullshitting and you're not really like committed to what you're saying. You're just kind of messing around and saying stuff and it's cool. But I think that's an issue that people have a lot. Uh, You know, you kind of reflect on as you read this essay is like, all right, some people don't realize that they're, uh, you know, co-bullshitting with each other. And uh, I don't know. I think somewhere in there, there also needs to be a discussion of like uh, entertaining irony. It feels like irony, maybe not used as much as it need to needs to be. Like, I think when we were growing up, I mean, irony was injected into our eyeballs daily. Like that's, uh, that's sort of like how we operate. But you should check that out. You can find it anywhere, just free PDFs. Uh, it's, uh, it's a fun little read. So with that, as always, this has been Software Defined Talk. If you want to get the show notes for this episode, 
you can go to softwaredefinedtalk.com slash 295. You can find out how to join the Slack channel, get it up to 5,000 messages in the thread. I haven't looked there in a long time. They're probably talking about like squirrels or something. <laughs> Who knows? As, we, as one does. <laughs> yes. And, uh, you know, if you want to uh, get a review from me of uh, any sort of M1 products, uh, just DM me and I'll send you my address. And uh, you can send them and I will uh, review them. No need to send a uh, return package at all. Don't, tr- <laughs> don't trouble yourself with that. And with that, we'll see everyone next time. Bye-bye. Bye. I, I think, I think it's, it's a good, uh, good mellow wine. It's a, it's a Bordeaux, so it's a little like, you know, I don't know. It's got flavor, but it's a tad bit fruity for my taste. I don't like, I don't like a fruity wine. And, and it's just a little too round and sugary. I don't know. Is that wine talk? Did, did I do any there? <laughs> I don't know. I'm not grading any. I'm not, I'm not a position to grade any wine talk. So yeah. Yeah. It, it, you know, it has, it has that taste. It's kind of like, like cheap, cheap candy. <laughs>